can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Hannah, you know, when I was when I was producing Beauty IQ and you were being nominated for these awards, I was like, well, it's clearly me. It's clearly the work I put into it. But I've left and I've been away for quite some time and you've got some news, don't you? Yes. Beauty IQ Uncensored has been nominated as a finalist in the branded podcast category at the Radio Today Podcast Awards 2023. That's amazing. Had nothing to do with me, it seems. (laughs) Well, you're back. So, (laughs) I don't know what to say. Yeah, fair. Anyway, we would love your support by voting for us in the Reader's Choice Podcast of the Year Awards. Simply send a blank email to awards at radiotoday.com.au with the subject line vote for beauty iq uncensored you can head to radiotoday.com.au to hear the submission and also to learn more about the awards welcome everybody to beauty iq the podcast i'm your host joanna fleming and i am your co-host hannah first and i'm matthew tankard co-host so i know you work in the true crime industry i think you would call it yeah that's right (laughs) i like i do like true crime but For the first time ever, I've watched something the other night and I was like, you know what? This is too much. Yeah. Like I cooked dinner for me and the boyfriend. Mm. I actually can't eat and watch this show. So, it was the Jeffrey Dahmer drama. Mm. It's like a dramatization. And we also watched the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary series on Netflix. Mm. It was beyond like something I can't even comprehend and I felt sick. So... I actually wanted to know, have you seen that? The Jeffrey Dahmer stuff? Yeah. Oh, it's re- actually really hard to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. wanted to know, so you work on a crime podcast. How does that differ from beauty? And as the editor, are you, do you ever struggle to like eat your meals? Yeah. Like, do you have lunch at your desk or you have to take <laughs> a break from listening? It definitely differs heaps from when I was working on Beauty IQ. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very, very different. So, I work on a podcast called Australian True Crime, and the term true crime is really broad, you know. It could also just be called history, in a way. Yeah. And there are some, this isn't what our podcast is like, but maybe more like the Jeffrey Dahmer shows, Mm -hmm. where people really like to focus on, like, the gruesome details. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, that some people are into that, and that's what they're into. I mean, I'm not really into that either. I think I'm probably relieved that I'm not. Like, I was really horrified by that show. And it was huge on Netflix. But, I mean, you work in this space. What is the fascination with true crime? Well, I think with that, there's probably just morbid curiosity that I would say most people probably do have. And some people just indulge in it more than others, I guess. And that's fine. People, you know, listen or watch whatever they want to. But I think when done right, true crime can be way more of like an insight into why humans act the way they act and how criminals become criminals. And when done right, it can lead to broader conversations about what services are needed for Mm, victim survivors. What would make someone be a criminal in the first place? That's usually... I find the benefit from these conversations. And I think lots of people find benefits from it as well. 
the big difference with working on Australian True Crime than working on Beauty IQ is like all of the recordings are like people having DMs about like the most intense thing that's ever happened to them. And you don't hear that all the time. Yeah. It is really interesting to hear people who go through these experiences that you hopefully will never go through and just see what they do and what you would do. And I also find that people who've gone through trauma in their own life can really benefit from listening to these conversations because they can be like, oh, yes, it's not only me. Like, other people have gone through something similar, no matter how morbid it is. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. So, is this nice, a beauty, to, to have a little break into beauty? Fully. Yeah. Big time. I think so I told it, like I think I said this on the first episode we were doing where it's like there was a bit where I was doing Australian True Crime and Beauty IQ at the same yeah. time. And it was a really nice break <laughs> to just stop from Australian True Crime and go on to this. Well, I'm going to ask you today, what is on today's episode? So today we're doing a fun <laughs> little thing for our cringy convo. I wanted to bring Joe back into the conversation. And to be honest, I'm sure the listeners are probably missing Joe a bit. So we're doing a what would Joe do quiz. Mm-hmm. Um, I recorded a bunch of questions with her and I'm going to ask you the same questions and see who gets them right. Then we have application tips with Elise Birchall from Lily Skin Co. And the products we didn't know we needed. Okay, Hannah, we're doing a little quiz called What Would Joe Do? Yeah, I love this. And I have no idea what you're going to ask me. Well, I mean, there's no scandalous questions. They're beauty questions for the most. Well, we'll we'll see. There's a a few curveballs in there. (laughs) Did you come up with these questions? Yeah. Okay. Yay. (laughs) I just figured it's been too long without Joe. (laughs) I pre-recorded some. It's been about a week, two weeks. Yep. I pre-recorded some quiz questions with Joe. And I asked her the same questions I asked you. So I'm going to give you these questions. I'm going to get your answer. And then we're going to play Joe's answer next and see how you lined up. Because I figured, I think we've talked about this a bit before, but you know, you started on this podcast as the beauty newbie. Yeah, I did. Now you're the beauty newbie. (laughs) Now I'm the beauty newbie, but I'm the quiz master. So I don't count. All right. But I want to see if, are you on the same beauty expert level as Joe? And before you get like, before you have any opinions about that, Joe got a few of these answers wrong. Okay. So don't feel too much pressure to get them right. I'm going to have to listen to this while I'm on holidays just to see what answers Hannah gets right as well. <laughs> wow, what a fun, intimate uh, holiday you'll be having with Adrian. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do it. You ready? Yep. Okay, let's do it. Just as a quick anecdote with this, I've taken niacin before and it's made like my whole body go red and bumpy. What is niacinamide? As in what, vitamin? Yeah. Vitamin B3. Joe said... Sorry, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Niacinamide's vitamin B3. Correct. You're both correct. One all. <laughs> I thought this must be a trick question. That's too easy. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. waiting for you to go, no, you have to describe like the science of it. Okay. This is all right. This is all right. All right. Well, get ready for this one then. Get ready for this. In a minute, on average, how many dead skin cells are shed? In a minute. I don't know. It could be like, it literally could be a million or it could be 10. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I know. Take a crack. I'm going to go with 200,000. Oh. <laughs> so Joe said. Ooh. I don't even know the answer to this. Um, 5,000. So remember, you're going up against Hannah. Yeah. You don't want to get the wrong one. I know, but I just don't know the answer at all. Well, on average. Every minute, we shed about thirty to 40,000. Oh, so it wasn't that far off. 5,000. <laughs> it wasn't that far off. It was in the thousands. Yeah, I guess <laughs> you're see right. see what she gets. 
You're both pretty off. The answer is thirty to forty thousand. Oh, Joe's technically closer, but to be honest, I feel like yours—the energy of yours—sounds a bit more correct. Five thousand sounds too low. <laughs> okay, back to easy. What are the most dangerous times for UV levels? Between. 11 and 3 p.m. They're definitely the most dangerous times, yeah. But I think in general, it's just working hours. Like 9 to 5, essentially, is like the most dangerous times, yeah. Joe said... Well, it depends on the time of the year, Mm. but it's usually between, I think it's 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Yeah, that's correct. Working hours. Yes. Yeah. So, was that wrong? I'm very competitive, Matthew. I reckon probably Joe got that one on you. All right. So I was off by a few hours. All right. <laughs> I'm sure the Cancer Council says 11 till 3 is the worst time. Well, you know what the fun thing is with this? Yeah. I haven't looked at the answers. I'm judging <laughs> <laughs> I'm what Joe said. Okay. So wait, you don't know the answers of any of the questions? Well, f- you'll see that that's not too important with the next question. Okay. All right. Matt, when he was the editor, played a song. At the end of one of the episodes he appeared on. Oh. What is the name of the song Matt made? Oh, not, oh Can I just my take God. some pressure off um, you? Yeah. Joe had no idea. Okay. I remember you playing your song at the end of that episode, but I cannot remember the name. Just come up with a song name. Anything. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, fun times. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Joe said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you had to guess. Okay. Um, uh, Love Story by Matthew Tankard. It's called A Stranger Waving. Oh, see, I honestly probably could have gotten that if I gave it more thought. That's what I thought maybe, yeah. yeah. And I have an EP out soon, so I'm going <laughs> to promote that. That was so funny. Oh, my God. God, we used to have fun. <laughs> Okay, when Matt was on Mr. Beauty IQ, he received a very expensive gift from Adore Beauty to review. What do you think that would have been? I reckon it was Creed Cologne. You know what? I reckon go up. Go up? Yeah, go up. Go go more expensive. More expensive. How expensive is Creed Cologne, do you reckon? 500? I don't know. Uh, Let me see. Okay, no. Hang around the 500 (laughs) level. (laughs) Yeah, Creed's like 470, 440, some are 500. All right, so around the $500 mark. Mm-hmm. What the hell is $500? You know, it's not a serum or anything. Not a serum. They wouldn't be wasting that on me. Moisturizer? No, 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 no. Get out of that world. Did you get a LED setup? Joe said- A Dyson Supersonic. Correct. <laughs> I got a Dyson Supersonic. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> uh, I did know that. Oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't get that. Damn. All right, let's get back to the normie questions. Yeah. What ways, in general, does vitamin A help to improve the skin? Speeds up cell turnover. Anything else? That's correct. But Joe said that plus a little bit more, so I want to see if we can get one on the board. (laughs) Uh, Speeds up cell turnover and probably refines the skin as well. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah. But Joe said... Oh, the list is endless. It helps to encourage collagen production. It helps to speed up cell turnover. It helps to improve the appearance of pigmentation. It helps to thicken the skin as well. Okay. All right. She is a dermal therapist. Uh, Now, this is a strange question. Um, And this is when I asked Joe and I was like, I don't know if this is a weird question to ask. It's something I've always wondered, but I've never had the courage to actually voice it. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know the best way of actually articulating it. So... 
let's, for an example, use vitamin C, just as an example. Vitamin C is also in food, yeah. right? So in like apples. If I were to eat an apple, am I getting like the same skin benefits from like ingesting vitamin C that I am applying it topically? I'm going to go with a no. <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh, that was a 50-50 chance of getting that wrong. <laughs> Joe said. It's not equivalent. You would still see some results in your skin from eating a healthy diet that's balanced with lots of different vitamins. But the way that vitamin C works topically and the way that it's concentrated in products is very different to how it's absorbed through the digestive system. Bonus question with that. What is a method you can use to help when you're putting topical products on to actually help it penetrate the skin? Exfoliate first. Joe said... Uh, Make sure you're exfoliating often enough. Okay, so I have a product in front of me. It's the It Cosmetics Bye Bye Lines. Okay. And I've looked at the back... And I'm looking at the ingredients and I'm saying a word that I'm not familiar with. I'm going to say an ingredient and you tell me what it is. Sodium hyaluronide. It's hyaluronic acid. Correct. Yes. Correct. Joe said. That's hyaluronic acid. Woohoo. I'm actually impressed with myself right now. What SPF rating should I be using? What's the minimum SPF rating? You should be using SPF 50. Joe said. 30 at the least. Preferably 50. You know what? I'm going to give you that one, Hannah, over Joe. Nah, nah, nah. Joe said. Yeah, but SPF nah, 30 is the. That. Yeah. Yeah, f- that. Nah, Who's nah, getting I got it. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Last question. Yep. I think Joe's probably one ahead of you. I don't know. I mean, who cares? I was going to say, I, maybe you, she's you been don't appear score. to be keeping track of the answers. Again, I don't know what the <laughs> correct answers are. Actually, the audience can, because you're going to be inserting her answer, so the audience can find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, leave it up to them. <laughs> yeah, I'm the talent now. I don't need to do stuff yeah, like you're that. You're talent. Yeah. You don't do work. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> what is Matt's best feature? What is your best feature? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a weird, uh, it's just on the questions for some reason. But. <laughs> I think your best feature, well, you're obviously very nice, but I do want to say you're very funny. That's probably the best feature is how funny yep, you I are. Yeah, I prefer that. You got that over yeah. Joe's answer. And you were so unassuming when we met you. You were quiet. And then like when you first came to the office, remember? And then you were like, yeah. we would have had no idea, but you ended up being absolutely hilarious. Like after we got to know you a little bit. I take your answer over Joe's answer. What did she say? So I'm calling it a flat even. <laughs> Joe said. I would say his eyes. <laughs> oh, she went with looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, your eyes are really nice because you have the. Um, Coloboma. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram the other day. <laughs> One of the guys from Maths. Yeah. He has like two different colored eyes. Mm-hmm. It's me. And he was explaining all about it. It was fascinating. So that's what you've got. Joe's right. That's your best physical feature. On your face. All right, and we'll take answers in the Beauty IQ Facebook group as well for that question as well. And we'll see if you guys beat the experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just lay it on thick for Matthew this week. All right, thanks, Hannah. Matt, how did you think I did? Joe, you did really well. Okay, Joe, it's just you and I now. Hannah can't yeah. hear. Okay. Um, so I've really been enjoying doing this recording with Hannah. I think yeah. we're really getting along. But sometimes I get a little bit nervous. Can I mm-hmm. just hear some quick words of affirmations from you? Yep. You're really good at what you do. So, you know, don't let her tell you otherwise and um, just keep doing a great job. You're very funny and entertaining. I'm sure everyone's really enjoying having you. What's a nice thing I should say to Hannah? Um, (laughs) 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 Why don't you tell her she's doing a great job as well? Okay, I'll give it a go. 
Elise Birchall is the Director and Dermal Clinician of Lily Skin Co. in Canberra. And today, we are chatting about application tips. So, does your skin need to be damp before applying serums? Like, I actually am so desperate to know the answer to this question. Do you know what? And this one's a really controversial topic, in my opinion, at least, because Mm. some people say, yes, you have to, and some people say, no, it's not necessary. But I think it really became something more popular to talk about in the last year or two. And to me, I like to leave it to the experts. If the product says on the label, apply on damp skin, apply it on damp skin. If the product says nothing about it, you can probably pretty safely get away with, you know, just following the instructions. Because the manufacturers of the product, they've done their research into how to get the best out of that particular product. So if they want you to do something in particular to get that result, they're going to let you know. Mm -hmm. So I think my concern if you're putting product on wet skin is that you might potentially dilute the product and not get the same efficacy. Totally. Yeah, or affect the absorbency into the skin so it's not going to just kind of soak in as much as you need to. But I know that some people do say that if you're putting things like hyaluronic acid onto like completely dry skin that you might draw moisture that's too deep within the skin and cause particular skin problems. But I think that might be overestimating the capabilities of hyaluronic acid. If anything, for pretty much all serums, you can kind of just go on, you know, dry skin. But I think for maybe hyaluronic acid, which does absorb to water, you could put it on, you know, slightly misted or sprayed skin, but I don't think it's 100% essential unless the product instructions say so. Well, I put the hyaluronic acid on after the other serums usually. And that's not a... That would be like the second serum. That's not a bad way to go. And often you just want to work in, you know, you want to put the more potent products on first and the things with the exfoliating acids because that's going to create a little channel into the skin for your hyaluronic acid to soak into. I'm so glad that we sorted that out. Why didn't I find that out earlier? I'm always like putting serums on dry skin. I'm like, is this wrong? But it feels right. (laughs) (laughs) It is right. (laughs) On that, what is the best way to layer serums? This is a question that I get a lot in clinic because it does become quite overwhelming when you've got 12 different products sitting in your skincare cupboard and you're like, oh, I don't really know what to do here. So there's a few basic rules that I like to follow. And the first one is to go thin to thick in terms of consistency. So you don't want to put a really thick, heavy serum or cream onto your skin and then follow that with a really light water-based product because it's just not going to be able to get through that barrier of products that you've just put on. So Mm. that's the first rule. When in doubt, go thin to thick. The second one is time. And I think this is one that people struggle with the most because it does take a bit of patience to layer products in your skincare routine. So you want to let products dry on your face for about 30 to 60 seconds. I usually say aim for about a minute and then you'll probably end up at about a 30 second mark before you put on the next layer because otherwise you'll just have this mush and smush of skincare on your face that doesn't really have the same potency or effect as it would if you just had that bit of patience and laid them one by one. And I think a lot of people are quite guilty of pumping all of the things into their hand, rubbing them together, and then just slapping them on, which is probably the the worst thing you can do to get value out of your product. Mm. (laughs) And the last one is that less is more. So you don't need to layer 12 different products or, you know, stick to two or three, pick ones that you think are going to be great for your concerns at the time and just, you know, go slow. There's no nothing wrong with having a more simple layering routine. The other thing too, I tell clients not to pick things that are too spicy to layer together. So probably not the best idea to go in with a exfoliating serum with AHAs and then a retinol product and then, you know, a vitamin C and things that are all quite active because it's asking your skin to do a lot, but it, it can also lead to increased sensitivity or dryness or irritation. So 
maybe stick with one spicy thing and then, you know, some peptides or some hyaluronic acid or some vitamin B or something like that. I have a bit of a random question with that. I'm not sure if this is really stupid or not, but you're supposed to put on your sunscreen last, right? Correct. Say if you put your sunscreen on, you're walking out the door and you're like, oh, I have this niacinamide that I need to be using. Like I bought it, I got to use it. And you put it over your sunscreen. Does that like ruin the sunscreen or does it just ruin the niacinamide? You've done this, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) A for effort and points for trying because it's great that you want to use it. But your sunscreen acts as this almost like a protective film over your skin. And because it's often quite thick, especially if you're using a zinc-based sunscreen that has quite large particles, something like your niacinamide product probably won't penetrate through very well. So I would say probably just save it for the next day and do it before your sunscreen because your sunscreen should kind of seal everything in. Yeah, okay. And why is correct layering so important? I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is that you're getting value for money and that you're getting the money's worth from the serum that you've probably spent your hard-earned cash on. Because out of all the skincare products we buy, serums might be one of the more expensive or the more bougie products that we spend on. So you want to make sure that you're getting the value from the product. It's kind of like if you put together in your hand your foundation, your concealer, your blush, um, all of your (laughs) makeup products, mixed it all together and then slapped it on your face in a big yeah, blob. Terrible. You're probably going to have a very funny looking product and it's, you know, none of those things are going to do what they were supposed to. So with layering, it's kind of the same thing. You want to kind of give each product its time to do its thing on your skin and make sure that you haven't got this slimy mess where products are counteracting each other's benefits and things like that. So layering's, you know, it's not essential in a skincare routine, but correct layering is important just to get the most from your products. And what's the like ultimate number of serums do you think per AMPM? I mean, if you ask someone like me who has a very extensive skincare routine, <laughs> I would say, you know, four or five. But I think realistically for people, aim for two. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be putting too much on. And I think too, what we see with clients a lot is they'll pick three or four and they'll just put heaps and heaps and heaps of product on. So each layer you're getting this really thick application mm. and, you know, as much as we love our skincare products, there's no point using more if you don't need it. And then if you're using four of those or five of those, you've got this big, messy, pasta glazed donut looking skin. Yeah. That just is probably a bit of a mess. So I'd say two or three. I've downgraded to two because my skin is getting like too sensitive from like too many different ingredients, I think. So now I'm, I'm on the two. Matthew, are you one? Yeah. One is still better than none, you know? (laughs) And I think you can have quite a resilient or an oilier skin, which people don't necessarily associate with sensitivity and still have product irritation issues if you're using too many or too much and things like that. I remember getting kind of roasted on the Adore Beauty Instagram stories because me and my friend, at least, we did (laughs) this men's skincare podcast and we were doing, uh, and we know nothing about it, and we were like showing (laughs) how we apply products. and. Everyone was just like, I think it was either me or Eddie when we were shown doing it. Everyone was commenting, being like, oh, my God, I hate it. Like how guys apply skincare because we're like rubbing Mm -hmm. it in like it's so intensely. What is the best application technique? Should you be rubbing it? Should you be patting it in? And it's almost every person's boyfriend will (laughs) rub little circles like this. Yeah, patting it. And then then they're done. And it's like, well, that's great for your cheeks, but for nowhere else. Can I quickly show you how my mum does skincare? But almost slapping her face. like. When it comes to applying your products, you know, people say you should rub, you should press, you should do this, that, and the other. It doesn't have to be super complicated. So in clinic, I'll tell clients, press the product onto your fingertips, gently rub it together, and then press onto your cheeks, press onto your forehead and your chin, and then wipe through the rest. Oh, I'm going to try that tonight. 
I'm trying to think what I do. I think I go like this. Oh, I think I do must do that, but I like that technique. If you have that much product that you're having to really pat it in or really rub it in, yeah. you probably use too much serum. Yeah. Moisturizer may be a different story because it goes a little bit further, but when you put serums on, it's almost like you should feel like you've got not much left on your skin. So it's very tempting to put, you know, an extra pump or two of your serum, but at that point you're probably just wasting the product. So you just want to distribute it evenly, press it in lightly. You can rub a little bit too, but, you know, you don't have to be super vigorous with your hand actions. And you might hear people say, well, you don't want to rub it together too much because you'll squash the particles or the molecules, but I think you'd have to be rubbing pretty vigorously for this to happen. So it's not too much of a concern for me. So if you're listening, you press cheeks, press forehead and chin, and then distribute the rest. Exactly. Nice. And there's nothing wrong with kind of spreading it around when you're putting it on your face, but the first place that your hands make contact is where you're going to get the most product. So if you're spreading from the nose to the cheeks out, you're going to get a lot of product in that inner part of the face. And is it right as well? I feel like I've heard a woke tip that's like, if you are like spreading it out, to spread outwards rather than inwards, because if you go inwards, then you're like creating wrinkles on your face. Is that right? Like as in you can like damage your skin going that way if you do that like every day. That comes into the whole lymphatic drainage and facial massage thing that is probably not as important as people um, explain it to be. And same thing with, you know, you should go up with your neck rather than down. The worst thing that you can do if you're applying product around your eyes and around your face is that if you work product back into your eyes by going inwards. But the natural lymphatic flow of the face is we kind of go from the nose out. So you might as well work with that flow and help with a bit of natural drainage. Yeah, okay. So on to peeling, how can we prevent peeling and why does it happen in the first place? So for those who don't know what peeling is, because it's a bit of a newish term, I would say, it's when all of your product kind of comes together on your face and it almost like piles up and peels off in little bits in your fingers. Mm. And you can find this happening at the serum stage, at the moisturizer stage, sunscreen stage, or once you're putting your makeup on too. And it happens a lot with sunscreen application. I find a lot of clients come into clinic and say, oh, I love the sunscreen, but as soon as I put it on, it's just like all everything else collects in my fingertips and goes all gross. And this usually happens when you haven't given your products enough drying time in between layers and it's just kind of still sitting as a blob on the surface of the skin. It can also happen too if you've got products that don't necessarily like each other and then it all just accumulates into these little lumps. So if you've used too much serum or too much moisturizer, if you also have a bit of a buildup of dead skin on your face, that's going to stop the product from penetrating as evenly into the skin so you're more likely to get peeling. And the peeling's not necessarily from the dead skin. It's from the serums not being able to get into the skin and just building up on the surface. Uh, It can happen too if you've put your products in the wrong order. So if you've put your moisturizer, Mm. then your serums, or your sunscreen, and then your niacinamide product. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's best to, you know, follow the rules of before of press your products in, wait the 60 seconds between layering, and maybe give your skin an extra exfoliation a couple of times a week with whatever kind of exfoliant you like. And I feel like we've covered heaps of them, but are there any other just general common mistakes that people make when they're applying skincare products? Yes and no. The biggest one is definitely overusing product. And I've said that before, but 
it's a waste because your skin doesn't need that much product, mm. even though it feels super nice on the skin. And two, your back pocket's just going to hurt a little bit more when you have to pay for the mm. serum again in, you know, two months versus four. And I know it can be really tempting when you find a product that you love just to go, oh, this is nice, let me add a few more pumps. And even I'm guilty of doing that. I go, oh, this is nice, I'll just add an extra drop or two. But the less is more mentality goes a long way when it comes to applying products. Yeah, Try where you can to stick to the recommended amount. So usually one pump, if it comes in a pump applicator, a few drops if it's in a dropper, or a pea size if it's in more of a creamy moisturizer solution. The second is definitely not leaving enough time between your layering. And patience is a virtue here. A lot of us struggle with that, but it is the best thing that you can do. Sometimes I'll say, you know, put on your first product, go and put your pajamas on, come back, do your next product, put your deodorant and your hairspray, whatever you've got on, and just break it up a little bit so you're not just staring at yourself in the mirror going, how much longer have I got left? So kind of multitask where you can, but just keep in mind that if your hands are touching other things, you want to give them a rinse before you put you know, products back on your face. And I think the last thing is thinking that you need everything at once and all of the things. So there's nothing wrong with a simple routine and just having even cleanser, moisturizer and sunscreen. You know, there might be days where you have all the effort levels in the world and there might be days where you're like, I just can't be bothered. So there's nothing wrong with cutting it back where you need to. Stick to one to three serums or products rather than overloading your skin with actives because the more serums you put on, the more work you're giving your skin to do. So it might be a little bit overwhelmed with how much work it has to do if you're putting on you know, six or seven different products. And the last thing, don't mix your serums together in your hand. Don't do that. So if there's any gals from Canberra, how can they find you? The best place to find us is probably on Instagram at lelyskin.co or mine, which is Elise underscore skin. We are still taking on new clients to try and squeeze everyone in. It can sometimes be a bit tricky. So if you're looking for a consult, probably the best time is sooner rather than later. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Elise, for joining us today. Thanks, Elise. Pleasure. All right, product we didn't know we needed. Um, We all know the drill. Who cares about mine? So we've got Megan, the social media manager at Adore Beauty here. Thank you so much for joining us, Megan. Hi, everyone. How you doing? I'm doing quite good. Quite well. You're married now. I am married now. I'm a married woman. And you're the host of the chart-topping Bride-to-Be podcast. (laughs) Yes, we do. Actually, if anyone didn't know, we've got another potty that covers all things weddings and brides and grooms and everything else in between. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. If you're keen, go and listen. But Megan, we're not here for that Mm. today. What is your product you didn't know you needed? Very off-brand for me, but I actually have a skincare product. So it is the Laneige Cream Skin Serapeptide Toner and Moisturizer. I hope we haven't already spoken about this, have we? No, we haven't. Amazing. So I had never tried anything from Laneige except for the lip sleeping mask. Mm -hmm. And I've also never, ever used a toner. Mm -hmm. So I went a bit rogue with this, but I can genuinely say... I am so passionate about this product. So you put it on after you've cleansed. Mm -hmm. It's super hydrating. It has a cocktail of ceramides and peptides that provide intense hydration and firming benefits. But it is just the perfect winter skincare essential, I would say. It's super light. It has like a milky texture. And even for like a man or like a boy who can't be bothered doing heaps of skincare steps, I feel like this would be an amazing one for like a one-stop shop in winter. Nice. Love Laneige. Yeah. Have you tried this? No, I haven't. My skin has never been so soft. It does look so nice on camera today. Yeah, and it's clear. It was feral. And then I started using this. The skin was soft. It cleared up. It's so happy. 
It's a wonder product. It really is. Thank you, Megan. Hannah, over to you. Cool. <laughs> Look at me. Just <laughs> I'm just like being the mediator. <laughs> Hannah, now your turn. <laughs> this is like a quiz show. So, mine is the L'Oreal Professional Siri Expert Scalp Advanced. Now, there's three different products from this range. There's anti-oiliness shampoo. There's one for anti-discomfort. And there's one for anti-dandruff. So, the one that I have been using is the anti-discomfort shampoo. I've had some like scalp sensitivity. I don't know what's going on with my scalp, but I've spoken about it previously. I've had some issues with my scalp. So, why I was really, really wanted to try this is it's got niacinamide. (laughs) I don't know. Just sounds good to me to be using niacinamide on your scalp because I am obsessed with niacinamide on my face skin. So, I assume that scalp skin could also use some niacinamide. So, these shampoos soothe and cleanse sensitive and irritated scalps, um, anyone that's got some discomfort. But what I really liked about it, sometimes when you use like things just for the scalp, not a shampoo. Uh, It can sometimes like dry the hair out a little bit, sometimes those salt sort of scrubs. Mm. So, if you're having like ongoing and you're not just doing a once weekly scrub, you kind of want to like really focus on the scalp. This is a shampoo and what I found was it did not like dry out my hair at all. That's rare. It foams really well. Sometimes those scrubs don't like foam up as well. Yeah. So, this one foams up really nicely. I've heard that there's like a lot of science behind this whole range. Really? Like it's a very intelligent, sophisticated formulations and range. That's what's going through the grapevine at the moment. Oh, interesting. The Adore Beauty grapevine. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So what it says here is it'll soothe scalp discomfort. It'll also nourish, hydrate a dry scalp. It has like a gentle cleansing action. Oh, here we go. Dermatologist approved. And then it balances it's balancing as well. So, in terms of the other ones, I was really interested in the anti-oiliness shampoo. So, yeah, depending on what your concern is, oh, this one's got 3% AHA. So, these have uh, skincare benefits in hair care. It makes sense because your scalp is skin. And that's why it doesn't get wrinkly. Oh, no, no, it doesn't get wrinkly because there's no muscles in the scalp. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know? I've never heard that. No, look at a bald person. Their actual scalp doesn't have wrinkles because there's no muscles in the scalp bit. My grandpa had a very smooth scalp even in his, like, late 70s. Yeah, and imagine if he got some AHAs onto there. would have been glowing. Wow, yeah, totally. I will say, though, these are priced probably more like that, yeah, professional hair care. $39.50, but I'm really loving it. I'm using the niacinamide one. Mm-hmm. Anti-discomfort is the product. Love it. I'll need to try it. Great. Well, thank you for joining us, Megan. Anytime. Our listeners can listen to Bride to Be. Uh, is that gonna, is that a weekly podcast or is that like a, a limited series? Limited series, but we're only up to episode six or seven, yeah. All right, great. Well, thanks, Megan. So, we both have beauty-adjacent appointments today. They're not strictly beauty, but they're yeah. to do with our faces. <laughs> what are you up to? What time? I'm getting full facial reconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, this is embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to the dentist and it's, I mean, just for a checkup, like just for a checkup and clean, but yeah. my God, it's been a while. I, I'd like- You don't want to admit how long though. Should I just for the podcast? It's been, yeah, like five. How long? Five, six years. <laughs> So, what's, what's been – are you scared of the dentist? What's no, the reason? No, it just hasn't been on my mind. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, 
you know, I take care of them. I, you know, I, I have an all right. <laughs> It'd be so interesting to see if you have any like cavities or gums or- Big time. Do you take care of your teeth? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. I do take care of them and I haven't noticed any issues. Yeah. It's just, I've just been like, oh, I just sort of came over me the other day. I'd be like, oh God, I've left that so- Whoops. Yeah, how did I? I haven't got a <laughs> ever. Are you embarrassed? Because I remember at one point I hadn't gone to the dentist in a couple of years. This was ages ago. And- I was a little bit like embarrassed to go back to the dentist and be like, hi, like. Yeah, big time. I'm going to like, I'm going to go in and immediately say before they can even say anything. I'm going to be like, I haven't been here in forever. They're bad. Yes. Or whatever. Like, as in, I don't even know if they're bad, but yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. tools they use, they'll be able to see what's really going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go in and just immediately <laughs> diffuse that and be like, yep. Yeah, it's been a long time. Okay. Out of you and I, though, so you're getting your eye surgery. <laughs> yeah. The thing is that you book in and then they retest your eyes when you get there. So, I'm getting laser eye surgery today and I didn't sleep at all last night and they have to retest your eyes. So, like, I don't know, like, I'm assuming everything's going to be okay, but, like, I guess they retest them and then they, like, they've already said, yes, you're eligible, but who knows? You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, like, if something could have changed between last appointment and this appointment. Yeah, like, if they're, I don't know, maybe they could be... I have been using the eye drops that they suggested. I've, I've been doing that. But the worst part about this whole process has been, this is going to sound weird, but it's probably not the actual surgery. It's the fact that I've had to wear glasses for three days before the consult and now three days before the surgery. And I hate wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate it. And I, I feel separated from the world. That's how I feel. And they did tell me, they said, if you're used to wearing contact lenses, it's a really weird to then go to glasses full time. I found that really hard. Yeah, maybe they do it though. So, it encourages you so much more to have the appointment, to have the surgery. No, I- No, I, I know it's, it's not actually- it. <laughs> <laughs> I But I mean, that would be- With your eye. I know, but that'd be a nice, you know, other consequence of it because you'd be like, well, I won't ever have to do this again. Totally. It has solidified yeah. the fact that it's time because wearing glasses has been for six days in the past month too much. I don't know how people wear glasses. Wild. You're saying like that it creates like a um, separation between you and the world. I notice that sometimes as a positive effect with like sunglasses. Yes. If you're ever feeling like a little bit socially anxious, if you've got sunglasses on, I find there's like a nice little separation and I feel like I would benefit from glasses in that same way. Yeah, I I feel like I'm not really in the world because there's like like a feel, I don't know, what a circle around your head that is blurry. I don't know. I just don't like it. I'm very excited. Yeah. I might be, I think by next Tuesday I'll be good, but, you know, I, I can let you know how I go, hopefully. Who do you think's in for more pain today? Out of you and me? Me. I don't know. Maybe me. They're cutting yeah, my yeah, eye. Yeah, but. <laughs> unless, unless, unless you end up with like, you know, they have to pull a tooth out because it's rotting inside. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just worried I'm going to have so much like weird plaque that I had no idea of and they're going to have to use the extreme tool. No, no, no. What you should be worried about is having to get all this work done and it's like dentistry in Australia is so expensive. That's what I'd be worried about. Why do you think I haven't been going? I know. <laughs> yeah. Like a root canal or like an extraction. Like, yeah, the, there's so much that can go wrong. I know, but it's so funny talking like you and I are in the same boat when really I'm just getting a checkup and you're getting your <laughs> eyes lasered by some sort of weird laser blood. Oh, God. All right. Well, I'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. 
Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. <laughs>